Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to the HBO's podcast with your host, Sam and Maddie. Hi. (laughs) Um, Today we are talking about House of the Dragon season one, episode 10, The Black Queen, written by Ryan Condal, directed by Greg Yatenis, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, Oh. Gosh, gosh, this episode just like took all my energy out of me. <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm a little blah today. We're going to yeah. get to it though. Yeah. And I think just overall, we're going to start this off by just saying we're a little sad. We're a little <laughs> sad hoes today because the series, the first season has come to a close, which, you know, I guess all good things have to come to an end. Yeah. But I don't know if these are rumors, but I've been hearing that two years to the next season. So, you know, like we're, we're feeling salty. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, We're going to get into it anyways. Yeah. 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 yeah, Exactly. So uh, we'll start it off with our friendly spoiler warning. Yeah. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Um. As always, we will be talking about House of the Dragon, specifically the episode, but then also the entire season. It's all on the table. Um, I am currently reading Fire and Blood, so I will be comparing what this episode and then the events of the book, um, you know, if they're similar, different, how I thought about it uh, or feel about it. So, but I won't ever go ahead in the book for with plot details or anything, so uh rest assured but everything house of the dragon so far up to this point this entire season is on the table so if you have not seen it stop drop (laughs) get the fuck back to the tv and watch it all before you come here (laughs) absolutely absolutely go and binge it yeah Um, also we sometimes spoil some things from game of thrones nothing too big we just make a lot of references so you know go fucking run to the couch and watch that too yeah yep um, all right, Maddie, let's start with overall thoughts. Um, so I will say that it left me wanting more. So I think that's a good sign. That's, you know, like, cool. Love the cliffhanger. I knew that there was going to be one, mm-hmm. you know. Did as... you know that Luke was going to die before this happened? No. Oh, so you got like a true surprise. I got a true surprise. Okay. And... I... I knew from almost the very beginning of this because I, I saw a spoiler online and I was like, fuck, damn it. Now I know. And I'm like, and I knew it was going to be their season ending thing. Like I, I knew that's, that's why they, they split it up with the greens and the blacks, both in their own episodes. Um, but sorry, keep going. I uh, know. So yeah, I, I, like I said, definitely wanting more. Um, I think that there was a lot of really cool things that happened in this episode. I was sad to not see Allison, especially because she's been so instrumental in all of this. I know that they did their episode, you know, the Greens got their episode, but still, I'm just like, I want a big mishmash. Yeah. At the end, with everything happening, I need to see them all together. And yeah. Tantalizing. So. Um. I mean, just to that point, I don't know if they will all ever be together in the same room um, because now it's it's officially like war. Oh, yeah. So but I agree. I, I got that. I felt the same way last episode or last episode when we saw that it was just the greens. I was like, OK, cool. Well, we're going to end it on just the blacks and we're not going to get any sort of confrontation, except in this episode, we got to see Otto's ugly ass fucking face. 
Um, <laughs> just like he does not deserve to taint this episode, this full Targaryen episode. Okay. I know. If we're going to get any high tower, give us Allison's. No offense to Otto and your little fugly face, but Allison is just easier on the eyes, Bubba. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I. It has been so hard to put into words how I feel about this episode. Um, I, I don't think there are parts of it. I really liked, I will say that Uh I can't say that I liked the whole thing though. And it wasn't necessarily anyone's fault or any specific, you know, I can't cast like blame any specific place. It's not like, oh, the writing was off or, oh, the acting and, oh, this happened. And I didn't like that. It was just kind of like, well, Okay that's over now. Like that it felt almost, but also I was spoiled and knew that Luke was going to die. So that wasn't, that wasn't this overwhelming or like big thing for me. I knew that it was coming. As soon as they said that he was going to storm Sand, I was like, fuck, here we go. This is where he dies. Um, so fuck whoever on Twitter ruined that for me because I, before this episode hadn't even read that far in the book, I was trying to like pace myself. So I didn't ruin the next episode. Now that the season's over, I'll go through and read the whole book, but um yeah so I don't know I'm just kind of like Merp. like that's how I feel about it <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean like it was shocking it was cool but it was abrupt you know which I guess Game of Thrones series would be yeah, I, I mean Ned's head was enough at the end of season one in Game of Thrones oh I, that's a big plot thing if that's <laughs> fine yes, yes. <laughs> just so we don't ruin big plot things in Game of Thrones I just did it but well, that's what that felt like to me. It felt like they were mirroring that. I agree. You know, yeah. That I agree. Cool. So, yeah, I, overall, I I enjoyed it, but I wanted more, which I think is probably just a good sign that it's a good series. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that we bantered quite a bit about it, you know, like, oh, is it going to be good? The time jumps to this. But, like, overall, now that the last episode has aired, we've talked about it, we watched everything. I've enjoyed it more than I've disliked it. And the dislike is only a little bit here and there. Some dark yeah. scenes, not enough sex scenes, too many pregnancy scenes, things like that. Yes. But, you yeah. know, like overall, I'm I'm here for it. So yeah, I think I think they did a good job. Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm- hats off to them. Like they they really did do a good job of bringing this. I uh was the first one to be a hater in the beginning with the time jumps and I, I just felt like I wasn't getting enough of the characters that I wanted to get, but getting too much of others. And I was like, Oh, I hope this all makes sense. Now, after being caught up with the book, it like the timing all really makes sense to me. So I, um, I don't know. I kind of want to like go back and no, like rewatch the entire thing front to back and see how I feel about it. Like knowing that I, everything that I know now and reasons for things being done certain ways being clearer um you know I'm curious of what my opinion would be with the like not ignorant like uh you know yeah uh, yeah um, yeah so we'll get right into the talking points but um I think my first one here is is Rhaenyra and Damon because we're seeing um a totally different it just felt very different. A lot of things felt very different. I'll, I'm going to start this point off with just this note that Rhaenyra and Damon, and like given 
under incredible stress right now. Rainier is pregnant. She goes into labor. Uh, you know, her father is dead. The Aegon usurped the throne. So it's like the way that everyone is acting right now, I feel like is almost out of character, but it's Rhaenyra and Damon. It's um, even Jason Luke. There was a, a little, you know, training scene where Jace is being really like mean to Luke. And it's like, so coming off of the episode before this, where they're all at dinner and they're all, you know, Rhaenyra and Damon are laughing together and holding hands, very affectionate. And Jason mm-hmm. Luke are, are playing together in the training yard at Kings in, um, at the Red Keep. It just felt very like, a sudden shift which was weird for me to see but um especially with Rhaenyra and Damon and this you know they're not really being affectionate with each other they're being very serious and um yeah what did you think about that and there yeah so there was definitely a shift and I do think like it's very interesting to see that when one person comes into power especially in these times like how that shifts everybody and there's a ripple effect and makes people do things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise do um to just like secure their safety and position in life like maybe you didn't feel compelled to do it before but now you have to because things have changed and shifted I thought that was very interesting and I think a lot of people were surprised with Damon especially like trigger warning but the choke scene dude like that was shocking for everyone and for me I kind of read it as like they're they're going through this this change this shift because this thing has happened which is Aegon being named and like they you know they put all the place all the things in place for Aegon to be like truly named Mm -hmm. it was like the people and the I don't know the tradition and whatever they did Um, I think that, you know, with Damon and his mentality, he's very like, well, let's fucking go kill him. Yeah. Let's go. That's what he's always done. He's a fucking dude. Like he. Yeah. But I mean, I would say, I don't want to even like gender them and their, because that is a big point that I want to talk about that I'll get to in a little bit, but I relate to Damon more than anybody else on this cast and I'm a woman and I would respond the same exact way. Like it would very much be Daenerys in that bitch. If somebody disrespected me like that, like You're my absolutely kin disrespected me like that, you know what I mean? So like, but I get you basically what you're saying is that, you know, right. he is, it, it's relatable how he's. You're right. And I could use better words. You know, it's, it's that his character is impulsive, you mm-hmm. know, like he's hot headed. He's more war uh, focused and driven, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that doesn't mean that it's just because he's a man. I just mean, that was not nice of me to say, thank you. I'm so sorry. Everybody. No, it's, it's not, and like, I just, well, I mean, because I want to talk about it on the other hand too, with the women in this series later. So I'm actually happy that you said it and you're, you're right. And it's, you know, that wasn't, it wasn't that it wasn't nice to say, it's just that you know, you, we've seen both on, on both, like the, that characteristic on both genders. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think I was being rushed. You know, I was generalizing. Yes. So, you yeah. know, and, and not everything is like that. We know that not everything is black and white. There's a lot of gray area to life. I was being mm-hmm. quick, but I yeah. shouldn't be, I should take my time. Anyhow, I do think that Damon is just like, he's, I think that he's frustrated with Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. 
because he thinks this way when Rhaenyra is a little bit more slow to anger mm-hmm. and action. And like, who said it in a previous episode when they were like, oh, the only person that wasn't going to like go off right oh, away. Oh, no, that was this episode. That was Rainey's talking about Rhaenyra. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought it was a previous episode, but like she was slow to, to go to war. And yeah. we heard Allison say it in a previous episode that like, you know, being slow to murder is not a weakness. Yes. So um, that's what that reminded me of. And I think that Damon doesn't think like that. Yeah, I agree. I also like, you know, when I said that Damon is, I think I've always found him really relatable just to me myself. Um, but like there's, you know, I get like specifically when I feel like I'm being taken advantage of, um, I get that way where I'm like, I, you know, I feel like I'm in a corner and and the only way out is by being the strongest and, you know, but I mean, there is truth in saying that, um, you need to be strategic and things like this. You, she, you know, she said she doesn't want to rule over ash and bone, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. And we, we saw the fall. Oh my God. It's another plot thing in Game of Thrones that I'm not going to say, but, um, just, <laughs> I was going to talk about Daenerys. Um, but we've seen it. We, you know, we've seen it time and time again, the, the negative effects, uh, when you do plunge the, the, you know, the realm into war or, when you do make rash um, decisions that end up killing people and, you know, Mm -hmm. the devastating um, outcome, you know, effects of that. But I, we also, on the other hand, see what happens when the realm thinks you're weak or your opponent thinks you're weak and they will take advantage of that. And people won't follow somebody that's weak. And, you know, in the book itself, there's a bit before this is happening where there was a King that was overthrown because he didn't want to fight. And it, it's just, it's almost like you have to take action though. And so that's the battle that they're on is Rhaenyra is we need to be, um, we need to respond strategically and we're not, she, you know, she says it, she's not gonna, she's not gonna, um, draw the first blood basically. Like she's not going to attack them. She's going to wait and, and see and be, you know, um, I don't know, just, just slower about it. You're right. And then, but then Damon is like, no, we need to play offense. We can't just sit here on defense Island. You know, we, we need right. to be in front of this and we need to make moves now. So like specifically when he, she's in labor, um, you know, uh, she calls out to him and he doesn't come because he's having a meeting around the painted table and, and that a lot of people were pissed off about that too. And I was like, yeah, I mean, she needed him, but at the same time, he, he can't do anything for her on the birthing bed, but he can help her out there. So it really, I really understood why he didn't heed her call and go to her. And he was like, it just knowingly, like, this is my place. It's right here. This is how I'm serving her, Um, which is smart because that's what you have to do is you have to put the things like that aside. If you're going to be able to rule and yeah. gain your power back and everything that they needed. Like it was, it was smart of him to stay where he was. So, um, but again, something that a lot of people didn't like because they, for some reason think that Damon 
isn't the way that he is. <laughs> I'm like, I am a Damon apologist knowing full well he is not a good person. Full yeah, well. A bad guy. Like we know that. But I do also think like that that's a great point. I, I think that you just made about him the best way to serve her is actually to be out there and like to be making some decisions and making sure that like their shit isn't falling apart. I absolutely agree with that. Also, Damon is probably traumatized. I mean, his previous wife died in that position. Yeah. Well, you know, like, or not in, you get me not exactly the same scenario, but, um, but still in childbirth where he right in childbirth is what I'm sitting there. Yeah. Watching couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And she made the decision for it. He watched her die. You know, it's like he had no control over it. And Damon, um, if he's anything like me and my psyche at all, it's like when you are in a position where you have no control, especially when someone you love is in pain, it's the worst feeling. So it's mm-hmm. like, he didn't want any fucking parts of it. He was like, I, I, this is not, I can't be around this. Like I personally can't handle this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know what I can handle and that's this over here. So, you know, that makes sense. And I'm happy that he, I mean, at the end of the day, Damon is loyal choking or not. Um, <laughs> we, yes. Maddie and I talked about this off, um, off the pod right after the episode I was like you know honestly if that was me I would have thought that was hot and that's what my toxic trait is (laughs) okay he's he's making me fall in line right now thank you someone (laughs) to wake me up and like shake me or choke me or whatever or choke me (laughs) um everybody's freaking out about it yes definitely domestic abuse right there like it was not and it wasn't fun to watch but I she chuckled she knows him you know, this woman knows who she married. Um, yeah, I think it just like also just shows like just the strength of like being a woman. She's just like, okay, like yeah. I've been harassed. Yeah, and she, she immediately knows that it's, it, you know, it's his pride that is yeah. the issue. Um, yeah. You know, she, I think more than anybody else knows how to how to handle him. I think Lena knew how to handle him really well too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but he's, he's a prideful person, but he's also a very deeply insecure person. So I know. Second. The makings of a narcissist, man. Yep. (laughs) Um, But it is going to be interesting to see because we know that their strategies are separate. And then another thing about Damon, just taking control over what he can, he, they get into this altercation and he goes off while and leaves Rhaenyra at the red table to continue planning and goes and tries to get the fucking dragon, which I have this as a point to talk about later. So let's not spend time on it, but it's like, he's, he is constantly thinking, how are we going to win this thing? Mm -hmm. And his loyalty is absolutely unquestioned. And that is the one thing that Rhaenyra absolutely needs right now is loyalty. And she's got that all around her. And I'm very happy that she does. You know, she's got a room full of family and people that have known her her whole life. Um, Whereas Allison is kind of surrounded by like, fuck all anybody opportunist and like a mad dog Kingsguard that's like in love with her. Mm-hmm. you know and like everybody else is just self-serving as fuck so two um, pretty guys sons yep 
two crazy um, sons. Little sweet, delicate Helena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she ends up doing something bad, so I should mark my words here and be like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um I yeah, I couldn't tell you. I'm probably it's Game of Thrones. That's uh, honestly- George always knows how to turn the good ones evil. <laughs> uh, it's a specialty. <laughs> he does. Um, okay, do you want to talk about the auto scene? I am reluctant to because I don't want to talk about this man ever fucking again. But uh, um, yeah, so basically uh, Otto comes in with a message to, to Rhaenyra and is basically her, you know, Aegon's, um, Aegon's, what's it called? The peace offerings, like his terms of peace. And, you know, it's all just bullshit. And Rhaenyra is, you know, she's not really quick to anchor in the scene. There is a point where she, you know, goes up to Otto and takes off his hand of the king um, pin and throws it. And then the maester hands him the fucking fucking piece of paper from the book that her and Allison were reading that one day that she ripped out and Rhaenyra starts like crying a little bit you know she tears a little bit and at this point Damon's like fuck this like we'll just settle this now you know um Sir Eric bring me Otto I want to do it myself and I'm just like oh please just fucking kill him just kill him (laughs) kill him um and then Rhaenyra stops him and this is right before their altercation choke scene so that definitely fueled that fire but it what I want to say about this and this is my whole point of just like the women and men uh, in this show um I am not really a fan of all of the women being the ones that are like, for example, Allison not being against killing Rhaenyra and her family right away. She was the only one in the room that was against it. Rhaenys not killing all of the high towers right then and there, you know, and then Rhaenyra the same thing. And I'm like, I resent that it they're setting it up, that it, it's the women that are the ones that are too compassionate to do what's necessary. What's so clearly fucking necessary because they both know on both sides in order to, in order to achieve. And in order to like, it's like the, the battle of the thrones is, you know, if you, it, what does Cersei say? That fucking banger of a line. She's like, you either win or you die. And so it's like, they both know that. And yet they're still fucking playing in this flower field of fancies acting like they can somehow find a solution without death. And it's like, it's just pissing me off because I'm like, especially in like in the books the biggest thing is that Allison and Rhaenyra are the ones that are spearheading all of this killing like they are not soft they were never friends they so them writing that into the story I get that it adds a level of complexity and it makes it more interesting for sure but I'm just I'm fucking over it like these women that are just like acting holy and I'm like it's just, and she, like, Allison was right when she said reluctance to murder is not a weakness, but still it is necessary. Like when right. fucking Lannister, the, the fucking Jason of all people who I hate that I'm even talking about in somewhat of a positive light with this line, but he says to Allison, like, what do you, what is your plan then, bitch? Because like, <laughs> what do you expect is going to happen? 
someone's yeah. gotta die <laughs> yeah no uh you're absolutely right I am a little bit annoyed like I mean I like it because I'm like hell yeah like women fucking awesome mm-hmm. always doing the the right thing the best thing you're out here doing the lord's work over fucking it. love it but I do kind of get that feeling too I'm like and I think also like just reminiscent of game of thrones like cersei was bad yeah and she did not hesitate to do what was necessary and like yeah we all hated her but i think that's why i loved her so much i fucking loved cersei god she was bad and she was bold i loved cersei i thought that she was the one of my favorites for sure absolutely horrible and that's what made her absolutely great um but she was also realistic it wasn't this fucking court blind bullshit and like I just hate that it's women that they're putting in this position they're putting these rose-colored glasses on I cannot stand that from Mm -hmm. a writer's point of view and like obviously we know at the end of the episode when Rhaenyra hears about you know uh is it Luke um you know she turns around she's got this smoldering look in her eyes like she's about to burn them all um you know mad king style but like it's so i'm like i know that that is gonna shift eventually there's gonna you know there there's gonna build there's gonna be so much resentment and mourning and guilt and all of this stuff felt on both sides because you know we can only assume there's like 80 fucking children half of them are gonna die right like we can only assume so it's the story will build and they'll get angrier and angrier but i'm almost like can we just stop making the men the ones that are calling their banners to war and like, like be like real about it? You know, it ju- it's just, I get what you're saying. That's a really good point. And I just want to say like the first season of any fucking TV show or whatever, like, I want to say this loosely here, but like the first season is always like the love story. And I'm putting up air quotes, everyone right now. And like, I would say that the love story in this instant is Allison and Rhaenyra's friendship like you're right I think it does add complexity it does make it more painful and they probably will show a lot more of that in the second season just because of that one smoldering look that Rhaenyra gives at the end so I don't I'm gonna say that I don't mind it in hopes that they show that in the next few seasons if they don't I would be disappointed but for this being the first season, I do kind of understand why they would set it up that way. Well, yeah, um, no, so I, I understand the friendship for sure. I just am, I, I like, it's, it's really just back to my point of like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, are you like, you know, you both know politics, you both know war, you both know these things, like you, you know, this and you know, and then I guess like they had said, and this was like a through line, they kept set the writers and directors that, you know, Allison and Rainier are products of a peaceful time because Jaharis was ruling and he had a very peaceful reign, so did Viserys. So it makes sense that like they don't really understand war, like the fundamentals of it, but like Damon does and he knows. And I, it's just, it's almost like, also, you know, the first blood was your own son, Rainier, because you didn't fucking act. Like, I hope you feel guilty now. Like, that's horrible for me to say, but I'm just like, you need to, you just, you need to like put some fucking hair on your chest and do something. And so like in that regard, 
absolutely on Damon's side here. And I, I will get blasted for this. I know this, but I'm just like, if you don't act, you will then be playing defense the entire fucking time. Like you are now setting the momentum for this entire thing. And okay. you well, let me up. tell you something right now about basketball. And it applies to this as well. Offense wins games, but defense wins championships, baby. Oh God. So taking that one to the grave and <laughs> I get what you're saying, but I still think, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I actually do. I think you're right. I agree. Um, you're like, you do have to take action in this type of environment. If you yeah. don't, you are going to be on defense quicker and you're going to have to pick up pieces. You're going to be disorganized faster. Like yeah. I do agree with that. Um, I, I don't know, man. It I mean, just, I, I know that we are going to see Rhaenyra rage. Um, so I'm excited and like well, she lost two kids in like the same day. Yeah, basically because of this one thing, because I really think that like the, the news spun that pregnancy like out of whack and that's why she had the premature baby um but yeah so I think that we're gonna see Rhaenyra rage and I'm excited to see it and I know like how smart and calculated she is so I like I she is it just feels like like okay because you weren't the quickest to act your son died first and you are now the underdog here and like, I'm just ready for her retaliation story and to see, because now it's like the dance of dragons is official with oh. Luke dying. Um, so, all right, we'll move on from that. Um, I want to talk about uh, Corlys and Rainey's because Corlys is now back um, and we see him in not full health, but he's recovered from- He's got know, a cane now. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, he's back. We know that it's been six years since him and Rainey's really saw each other. So their conversation was super interesting because, um, in the, a couple episodes ago, Maddie and I went down and like named everybody that was, that we thought were going to be on either side of this fight when it finally started. And Corliss, I always had pegged for on Rhaenyra's side. But then again, we didn't really get to see his response after Lenor would like quote unquote died. Mm -hmm. So um, it makes sense of why he's kind of on the opposite. And it's, it's really interesting that Rainice is actually the one that brings him into the black slick fold because she was the one that's been wishwashy this whole time. Um, so that was interesting. That was an interesting change. Uh, what did you think? about their reunion um you know i am gonna pick out the little things in this conversation that have like almost nothing to do with the storyline but it just <laughs> makes me really sad for for fucking rainies because she said some shit to him like oh like you'd rather go you know on your little ship adventures than like be here with me like you abandoned me and i just that shit hit me in my heart so hard. I was like, oh, Rainice, like, you're right. Like, you've been out here trying to just raise this little granddaughter. Um, but yeah, it, I think on the bigger picture of, like, the end of the conversation, I, I thought it was very interesting, especially because Rainice, like, we knew, like, I don't know. She's, to me, like, she's on Rhaenyra's side to an extent, though. Mm -hmm. You know, like, she will warn her because like their family but she's like i'm but like this isn't my shit yeah you know? 
Yeah, um, which I think I is think the smartest too. Well, and I think that that's the smartest play for her. And then yeah. also, you know, she says it that she's gonna like she came and told Rhaenyra what was going on out of out of um, loyalty to her house and her husband. Mm-hmm. And so you know that she's she's saying she's keeping herself protected until Corliss gets better. Um, you know, by not swearing allegiance to either side, and then also knowing that she has like a protective cloak because she is Rhaenyra's um cousin I think second cousin yeah uh and she's Damon's first cousin so you know she like knows like that she is safer there than she is at the Red Keep she doesn't necessarily have to swear fealty right away um but then uh the but then she has this conversation with Corliss and it it almost seems like like it was just surprising because I thought that she wasn't going to be on Rhaenyra's side and I thought when Corliss came he was going to be gung-ho Rhaenyra and it's actually the opposite. Um, so that was what I found like the most interesting from it. Um, especially yeah. like, and then there's little things that she did that pissed me off all episode. So like, we didn't talk about this, but I, I forgot to write it in the talking points, but I do want to jump back to this for a second after we're done with Rainey's and Corliss. But earlier uh, when Rhaenyra and Damon are burning the baby's body, we see mm-hmm. Sir Eric come up and he's got Viserys crown. And um, first of all, I fucking wept. Oh my God, I wept so hard when I saw that because I was like, this is so meaningful. Sir Eric, you have my heart forever. Yeah. Is that Eric or Arik? I w- one of them. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you a really quick pun right now, but uh, I can't remember the whole joke. I'll just tell you the end, but it's about two twins and one of them's name is Juan. And the punchline is once you've seen Juan, you've seen Emal. Oh, the other one's name is Emal. Well, mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's the kind of, that's, it's giving Eric, Eric, right? I'm like, once you've yes. seen Eric, you've seen Eric. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So the good one and the bad one, uh, the good one has my heart officially. God, he was just, that was so great. But in that scene, we see everybody, as soon as Damon crowns her, um, we see everybody kneel and Rainey's doesn't. And um, not even a fucking head bow or anything. And then she also doesn't ex- acknowledge her as your grace going forward. So then the, oh, we see this conversation. Yeah, so we see this conversation. So I was like, Rainey's, if you don't put some fucking respect on Rainier's name, <laughs> I will get... Mad. I am like such an optimist when she was standing because she was so far in the back I literally thought she just kept standing because she was so fucking proud and she's like I need to see you and I need to see everybody kneeling too because I'm far away oh my god um yeah no not at all what I got but I think she was just you know holding her cards close to her chest which again is smart it was the smartest thing for her to do because she could have just flown her dragon fucking to pentos and avoided all of it you know yeah. so <clears throat> um so then corliss and rainies go into the painted table room where they're having all of their like war councils and uh Corla- you don't know where they stand yet because the conversation was cut off but then by the end of him talking to rhaenyra just about her plans and her strategy he says you know you have my full support your grace and it was like thank you thank you (laughs) Um, I actually think it's in this scene when she has the crown on I think there's a shot I can't remember because I didn't 
chronologically put this in my notes, but they put, I think it's when she has the crown on, but they turn, she turns around and you just see the back of her and her hair was so fucking long. I was just like inches, bitch. Like what the fuck that like, you know, when you get like pregnant, like your hair grows faster and shit. I was like, damn girl, as long as hell. Yeah. Um, Um, yeah, so she, Rhaenyra looks fucking damn good with a crown on in her, in her outfit. It was um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, so yeah, we know that Corliss now backs Rhaenyra and then just on the note of Rainey's too, as soon as they, you know, uh, like announce that they're in full support, Rainey's, you know, they're talking about the step zones and that's going to be really important. Um, God, those fucking set. What did he? What did Viserys call them? The blasted stepstones or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And he was like, "Oh God, these fucking stepstones!" Like well, it's funny because I remember talking about this in a previous episode, and I just remember being like, "I I know why people want to rule the stepstones because it's a good in to like Driftmark and King's Landing and Dragonstone and whatever the fuck else is over there." But I'm like, it's just beach, y'all. Yeah, sand. Like you yeah. can't build anything there. The, sh- yeah. the sand is bad for structure. Yeah, seriously. So it is. It's more. Um, it's definitely like when you see it on a map, because they basically. It's actually on a pod episode before. I said that the stepstones were right outside Driftmark and Dragonstone. They're not. They're kind of farther south. Um, they're in between Dorne and then I think it's. I don't know if it's Pentos or whatever on the Esso side of it but they're scattered amongst. So basically what you can, what you can do if you have control over it is charge ships that are going in like uh, mm-hmm. for trade in and out of that, along that, that sea, the narrow sea. So yes. you have control over the narrow sea and it's, it's passers from the South of it. So that's why just like geographically, it's so important um, that Corliss has control over it now because now he can seize trade into King's Landing. And it's kind of like, even in politics now with us, like we, um, you know, we can stop or start taxing more on things with countries as like a slap on the wrist, you know, like if they're doing something that we don't like. Um, so it is, it's a, it's a PowerPoint for sure, you know, without trade, um they king's landing can't really get a lot of what it is they only have the land Mm -hmm. uh to travel on now so um so yeah and then with on the point of rainies you know corliss is basically saying that his last venture and war in the stepstones which is where he's been um he actually has control over it now so they're going to use that and then rainies just jumps right in and it's like oh fly in on melee's hell yeah and i'm just like yeah bitch get in the fight yes bitch after he said all that they didn't show this but i can imagine she's like bitch guess what i did corliss i fucking broke melee's out from the goddamn dragon pits you should have seen me babe you should have seen me i can just imagine them like i don't even know if this is the right term but like kikiing about it like just being (laughs) you know, like excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh God. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So that's going to be, that's going to be fun seeing that. I'm happy that they're on, on that side and it's, and they're very loyal people too. So it's not, like I said, like Rainier is really surrounded by like the most loyal 
in the land, um, Mm -hmm. which I'm happy about. It sucks that she still has to rely on other houses. Uh, That's also decided in this conversation who, whose families they need to, they need full support of. Um, Mm -hmm. They said it was the Starks, the Tullys and the Baratheons, which is actually really funny because outside of the Lannisters, those are the three families that we start Game of Thrones with. And the, all the Starks kids that we know are both Tully and Stark. So it's like, cause Tully is Catherine or Catherine Kat's uh, family. So yeah, it's, and, and then uh, also the Aarons, which is another big family in house in um, Game of Thrones from the Vale. So basically they have to go and secure, uh, secure these things. Damon says that he is going to go to uh, Grover Tully, which is the Lord of the, uh, fuck, I don't know where they're from anymore. I, the, <laughs> game of, the, the Game of Thrones map is out of my head, um, but I think it is going to be important to know these things, especially geographically, like how far they are away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not so much anymore because we have dragons and it's not like, like we would know that it takes two to three weeks to get from King's Landing to Winterfell, like on horse and carriage. So like okay. those things are kind of important to know for the timeline, but I don't know how important they'll be here, but geographic uh, locations do matter because the, basically what they were saying is that Alicent and the Greens have most of the West, which is Old Town and uh, Casterly Rock and all of those places, which are really big profitable regions um so Rhaenyra really has to do some fucking politicking so yeah yeah, Damon is going to the Tully's um then she sent Jace up to the Vale to talk to her mother's cousin Lady Aaron and then up from there to Winterfell and then she sends Luke on the shortest flight to Storm's End for the Baratheons Uh um Okay. Yeah. Let's just, let's just get, let's just get right into it. Shall we? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh God. Yeah. You know, I don't even want to talk about this. I'm so pissed and sad and no. shocked and flabbergasted. I just, Amond is a fucking psychopath. For sure. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Also, I just want to bitch right now. Sure. So Amon's <laughs> all like, oh, you're here now, and I have Vagar, and I'm a big dick boy now. So I want your eye. Ten years, six years, however many years later, their stupid little fucking time jump is. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> are you not the one who turned around after your eye was cut to your mom was like, Mom, Mother Allison don't fucking mourn me i lost an eye but i gained a dragon Mm -hmm. and now you're mad i'm just like what in the fucking patriarchy what in the macho masculine bullshit Mm -hmm. over yourself amen's like and it's weird because like i feel like as a character like he seems like he's gonna be a badass and he kind of like acts big and bad but he also weirdly kind of acts like a bitch I don't, I can't put my finger on it. 100%. Yeah. Because like, he's, a sens- he's so fucking sensitive. Yeah. And you know? also like, something like almost like fearful. I think we talked about it a little bit in the previous episode when him and Kristen are looking for Aegon, like 
he he was like oh he might be in a brothel like he was like so like empty-headed and like I don't know something about like even going into other places like he he seemed a little like scared and I'm like why are you fearful you literally have Vagar, dude and you lost an eye you're you're fucking you're good Mm -hmm, like you paid your dues yeah for sure I know it's like in battle that's where he excels um you know but then when it comes to like actual human like human to human things like in flea bottom he could not have looked more uncomfortable (laughs) like and it's just like and it's funny because like you know that's kind of where Damon has a one-up I don't know if it'll ever come to it where they're fighting on fucking the street of silk or anything but like Damon is a master of all things human and dragon and war and all this like he is a seasoned man Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Amond is still like a little boy in just this fucking oversized body, frankly. I just also want to say that Amond is supposed to be 19 years old right now and Luke is 13. So it's just fucking bullying at this point. Like this kid is so small, you know, oh. uh, it's my cat Peter, just trusty, <laughs> trusty cat Peter. <laughs> um, you know, he's so fucking small. And I'm just like, God, you're just such a fucking bully. Like, are you really proving anything? This kid has, he's 13 years old. He has a 13 year old dragon. Vagar is like fucking 270 and huge. And like, but I will say if I was Luke, God, he was just so brave even walking into that fucking castle. Because if I got there and saw Vagar, he knows that Aemond is inside. I would have dipped so fast and been like, mom, sorry like yeah but he was so fucking brave just walking in by himself you know and like and honestly it kind of does suck because I'm like Rhaenyra I just feel like I'm like fuck you set this kid up to fail because it's like you know that Otto sent Eamon there and was like you're gonna marry one of his daughters that's what you're gonna do you know like we have to give him something for him to side with us it's clear that every time a lord wants some sort of I mean we saw it with like Walter Frey over and over and over again it's like what are you going to give me um you know so like like they set and they sent Amond there like and just like fully like had everything in his pocket and like Luke you send there he's this tiny kid going to talk to this boorish fucking Robert Baratheon 2.1 2.1 pre Robert Baratheon before Robert Baratheon just intimidating burly man and this 13 year old is supposed to speak to your cause like it just felt shitty I was like god you're just you're already in a you're already on the losing side and then yeah. not only that but to come face to face with Amon and Vagar, it like that sucks and like Luke boy oh my god you sweet sweet thing I know better and I'll just add on to this not to be gross but it is what it is Luke's balls didn't even drop like this man this boy didn't even go through puberty none of that probably didn't even have his first fucking kiss poor Mm -hmm. kid I know you know and Eamon I'm like you're not bad for fucking beating a 13 year old no and I mean, oh. I guess this kind of loops it back around to like that conversation of what's necessary. 
Yeah. You know, so like, I do get it in that respect, but I'm like, you, like, what are you going to brag to your fucking brother? Like, oh, I killed a 13 year old today. Well, okay. Yeah. And I think Look it's, I'm just, yeah. And I'm going to note this here that one of the biggest, one of the things that people were disliked the most about this whole thing is that in the book, Amond very much intends to kill Luke. It was not at all an accident in the way that they did this whole thing. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but it was not so like us seeing that it was an accident on screen. It's like, no, 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 no. When we're thinking about the real story, it was not an accident. And, um, so like with that in mind, knowing that that is the ultimate truth, Amond is a fucking psychopath. And like, really also like, I'm just like, this is forced me to talk about this casting issue that I have. Um, and I hate that I'm being so negative about this episode. I really enjoyed the whole thing and I'm trying not to be so critical, but, um, if we know what Harwin Strong looks like, he is, he is God's gift of like just steak eating fucking lumberjack loveliness. And I'm just like, how are these two children so small when we have Viserys and Allison to the two daintiest people in the entire fucking realm who have these Aemond? Like, why is Aemond six foot three and fucking muscular? Like, he's jacked. And I'm like, and why is like, why do we have Jace who is like 120 pounds? You know, no offense to the actors. It's, it, and I'm not at all like body shaming or whatever, but I'm like, like, how are, why did we cast such small boys? And like, not, I think just to like give us a visual underdog but like that's also kind of annoying because I'm like I don't think they were that small in I don't think they were that small because I'm like I feel like uh Jace and Eamon Jace is is 16 I believe right now and you know so he's still younger and like not really fully through through puberty um but still at the same point I would love to see Jace and Eamon be able to square off with one another you know so but it like it sucks that like even if we did get to visually see that it would just look like not even a fair fight and that just sucks like Eamon's only true um competition on this side right now is Damon that's true so even though Damon is 20 something years older than him at this point so I don't know it was just it's just very distinctive different features and you know it almost like it's like okay if you want us as the audience to see these as strong boys like like strong is in the name not the uh adjective but then why aren't they bigger why don't they look more like Harwin Mm, yeah I do think it was probably like visual underdog it just makes it I think more palatable on the eye just in general, but I do kind of agree with you. And I think we mentioned it before. I was like, how the fuck did Allison have three blondes when she has brown hair? And I still haven't looked it up. So please, please science side of podcasting the damn square that you put the genes in and there's recessive and dominant traits. I always forget what it's called. Um, but I'm like, she has dark hair. I, I never knew what Viserys, I guess he has silver hair, but it was always kind of gray and falling out by the time we met him. So like, I'm like, you couldn't have had three blondes. One of them would have had brown hair. I know. I know. Well, and then it's yeah. like, especially true that if all Targaryens had like all Targaryens always had, you know, white silver hair, then the three boys would have also taken after Rhaenyra side of it and not. Harwin's, but 
I, I, you know, I digress. I can't, I don't know. (laughs) So, um, okay. So we know the, the bloody, bloody end of this, but, um, one thing that we absolutely have to talk about is the fact that it in the show was based on dragon disobedience, which in all of everything that we know about dragons in this world, when they have a rider, they are never disobedient. Um, they, right. they never veer from their instruction. And it's almost like the, the bond between the dragon and the rider is so intuition, like intuition based and, and known amongst them and mutual that like, they almost hardly ever have to really give commands. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just that the dragons are intuitive and intuitive enough oh. with their riders to almost know what, what's going on. So it's like, um, so seeing that, that this whole thing was down to a simple, my dog bit your dog. Oops. Like it, it's like, it's almost annoying. I, I get that. I get that. Um, I have a couple theories about this too. So I didn't, I was, I was intrigued. I was like, Oh shit. Like I didn't realize that dragons could disobey their rider, which mm-hmm in just like a life way I'm like it's you know like it's still an animal like it's it's still a dog like an animal is liable to do anything at any time no matter how well trained it is like something could trigger your animal whatever you know what I mean so I'm like okay in that sense I understood and I think also um maybe like a question theory that I had is like you know Luceris was a person that never wanted any of this shit like Mm -hmm. not here for the violence and I remember before when they were young I don't know if it was him or if it was Jace that was telling him to like it was yeah yeah yep it was right yeah that was saying that he didn't want drift mark no, no, no. I'm saying like way before in a previous episode when they first go into the dragon pit and I, I believe it's Jace giving the command to the dragon when Aemond looked really, or Aegon looked really bored and Aemond didn't have a dragon yet and they gave him the pig. Oh gosh, I don't remember which one it Ugh, was. I can't remember either, but I'm like, I'm wondering if the reason that these dragons are disobeying their riders is because of like maybe they're the the way that they think like the dragon and the rider are not the same Mm -hmm. you know like luke was calm and i feel like his dragon was like ready to like feast and go to war and like shit like that you know and like i i i'm like oh you know maybe the reason that vagar disobeyed um Amond. Amond is because number one, he hasn't been riding him for that long, not even a decade. And also, like, I'm just like, yeah, like maybe, maybe he, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like the dragons might know something that the riders don't, or like there's, uh, there's something there that I'm like, oh, maybe there's, I don't know. There's some, well, there's, there's a, like, they've said it a couple of times that like, there's this running thing that like dragons are smarter than humans. Um, you know, so like, I don't know if that's what you mean, but, uh, but I did also just like take note that like 
the one time that we see dragon disobedience is with the two like two very young cast members we know that they like and i guess in this if you're gonna put it uh, like if you're gonna make any two dragons be disobedient it makes sense that it's these two because um vermax is jason is uh luke's or no hold on hold on it's it is rx yeah so he we know was only 13 years old he was born with luke and then so that's just young you know he's just a young dragon and then uh vagar is old and she's testy um and she like so i don't well, know and that's what i'm saying like on the mental connection i'm like okay like aemon and vagar probably aren't like mentally as meshable yeah compared to like the previous writer lena who mm. was grown you know like had been riding and i think just like probably had a, a more similar mentality to the dragon like i'm not trying to go do all this crazy shit you know the the dragon is older yeah it's like i'm not trying to do this crazy shit like i just want to have fun now yeah you know so i don't know i i think that might be a reason for like the disconnection but i'm not sure this is just like shit that i'm theorizing yeah for sure i think that if there was no like book canon about it then that would be a really great theory because it does like like you know it does make sense. those things make sense um and then yeah you're you're totally right about Amond and Vagar being truly opposite from one another um just in terms like not necessarily like Vagar is temperamental but she's lazy she's old she doesn't you know like you said she doesn't want to be out here doing all this shit yeah. um, so she's already fought in wars before plenty of them um so Oh, yeah. So with that being said, I don't know, just like dragon disobedience. Wow. Okay. You got to add that to the books. I also was thinking that I, we actually have seen dragon disobedience before, um, in game of Thrones with Daenerys, um, Drogon takes her at, it's when she is fighting the sons of the harpy in, uh, Marine. I think it was Marine. but Drogon, you know, she flies on Drogon and he takes her to like just wastelands and like refuses to fly her back. And I think that he was hungry or something, you know, whatever he was being like testy and, and disobedient about. So we have seen it before, whether that was in the, the books from A Song of Ice and Fire or not, no fucking clue. I have not read those books. So that could have been something that, um, that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss wrote into the show that wasn't from canon. Mm-hmm. So, but that's just another reference that you know point of dragons not always yeah. listening and another note on personality um luke and arox like luke not eager for war but arox hasn't seen war and is a young dragon and is probably eager for war you know mm-hmm. yeah so, i don't know i just i, I, I definitely think that i think it could be like length of time and just like mental it's giving like when avatar does the tail thing or like what's the other damn movie where they get in the ships and like you you have to be mentally connected with the machine to fight the fucking aliens that come from underwater i forget what that movie is called oh god i don't know yeah no it reminds me of avatar for sure like just the connection between that and like the thing that you're writing Mm -hmm. um yeah so uh yeah i think that I don't know what we're going to get from that. I think, you know, in the book, we know that Eamon did it on purpose and was not sorry for it. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how his character deals with it going forward. Yeah. And, you know, and in this that's another thing and an accident. That's a good point too. And I do have like a small theory about that just for how they did it in the show is like, I'm like, Oh, like, I don't think he felt bad about killing Luke, but I do think like he's super dutiful and he is a Targaryen and he knows how important dragons are. So like, I don't think that he thought Vagar was going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason, like for me, how I took it, I was like, oh, he feels bad that he just killed a dragon. Yeah. Like yeah. whether or not, like, cause you know, if you kill the rider, that dragon is open to be claimed. Yeah. He's already done it before. So I'm just yeah. like, I, I feel like his, his idea was something else. And then when that happened, it, for me, it felt like he was like, oh shit. Like I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have killed that dragon. Like it's hard to get them to like hatch already mm-hmm. you know so like the ones that we have like we need to collect and fucking take care of yeah for sure for sure um i agree i think if he was feeling guilty about anything it was definitely for rx and not for luke mm-hmm. um but i also he understands the gravity of what the fuck he just did absolutely and how that is now like he knows that he just started a war oh 100 um, so, and then having to go back and tell Allison and tell Otto, especially Allison, that he killed one of Rhaenyra's sons when she wanted no death. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be like, I, I'm excited to see the looks on their faces when they realize that Rhaenyra is fucking coming for them. Yes. Um, because she's going to that bitch. She better. Oh my God. I swear to God, if they keep her... <sighs> I, docile, I will stop so watching this she's so headstrong i see her on dragon back flying straight the fuck there i know i just like i just don't want it to be like this whole conflict of like rhaenyra wanting to be peaceful and then damon fucking her over and being you know taking things into, into his own hands and being insubordinate to the queen like i don't want that to be like all of the retaliation comes from damon i don't want that i want to see rhaenyra fucking burn and rise from the ashes you know hell yeah no i agree um and just one last thing on the dragon fights i will say just like that between the the dragon the mentality like vagar not being that eager because she's old and tired and then like arox being eager because he's young and hasn't seen war the one fucking chomp one goddamn bite i know he was out of there because Vagar is old and was like I'm not fucking around like I you wanted to blow fucking goddamn fire in my face you're done yeah no seriously it was it um it was a really cool shot when Luke was above and we just saw Vagar's like massive body Mm -hmm. underneath it felt very Jaws like like lies beneath you know um so that was that was really cool I will say that yeah Um, even the chase in the in the rain and winds you know I know we talk a lot about dark scenes and I know that this was a dark scene but it was supposed to be dark and I was here for it I was like okay like rain thunder and I like that the lightning like lit up the scene that was very cool Mm -hmm. and then they come out of the rain like it I cinematically I really appreciated that yeah so kudos to the fucking production team yep as per usual Mm -hmm. um and 
speaking of dragons, you know, what do we see last? Or is it before this? I can't remember where it fell, but uh oh, Damon, Damon and Vermithor. Fucking it. And okay, just to clarify, this is something that I had to ask Sam on the phone because I was unsure, but the um I was like, oh, do the fucking dragons live in the pits? The dragon pits? Like, because I didn't understand where he was trying to get Vermithor, but actually, uh, some of the dragons live in the volcano on Dragonstone, and that's where he was. I didn't, yeah. the it volcano- was real stony around, I thought it was the pit. Yeah, so in the dragon, the volcano is called Dragon Mont. So when you hear that, that's what they're talking about. Um, yeah, it was actually really nice in their council in the beginning of this episode too. They were tallying up the dragons on either side. Um, and uh, he does say, you know, we get a sea smoke uh, mention. So sea smoke, it was Lanor's dragon and he is still on he or she. I don't know if sea, what the gender of sea smoke is, but um, he or she is still on Driftmark, so they know that. But then all the other dra- all the other free dragons live on Dragonstone, so we know. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he said that there are six unclaimed dragons. Uh, Vermithor is the second oldest from Vagar. Uh, Vermithor was ridden by Jaharis, the the old king. Um, so he's been unclaimed since Jaharis died. So for 20 something years, um, maybe 30 something at this point. And then um, there's five others and the clutch of three eggs that Damon got in the last episode or the episode previous. So yeah, so there's a lot of dragon play. The thing is um, the, I did a cheat sheet because you can't fucking find this anywhere. So if you want the cheat sheet to who has what dragon and how old these dragons are, uh, check us out on social media. I will be posting it soon, but, uh, Damon as, uh, Caraxes, Rhaenyra with Cyrex, Jace with Vermax, Rx and Luke are now dead. Joffrey has Tyraxes, Bela has Moondancer, Aegon, um, the third. So baby Aegon has Stormcloud and Rhaenys has Melees. Um, the Viserys baby does not have a dragon yet as of this point in the story. I am also unsure if he gets one. Um, so all of those front Rhaenyra was born with Cyrax. So Cyrax is 30 something. We can guess Jace was born with Vermax. So Vermax is 16 years old. Joff was born with Tyraxes. So Tyraxes is a baby, baby dragon. Bela inherited Moondancer. I'm not sure how old Moondancer is, but it, I don't believe she's been to war. I think she was ridden by Jaharis's uh, wife, Alisane, I believe. Mm-hmm. Was, so she's older um, and big enough to be ridden and probably big enough to drive or to um, to fight. Yeah. And then Aegon the Third, I believe, was born with Stormcloud. And then Rainey's Melis, uh, we know Melis is older, a lot older. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we have a couple war-ready dragons. None of them have actually fought in wars, um, but that is precisely why Damon goes to try to claim Vermithor because Vermithor has fought. Like I believe he's fought, and no, nope, maybe not. I don't know, but he's old. He must have if he's that old. So, yeah, most likely. Yeah, so Vermithor is the, the biggest and oldest um, beside Vagar, and so it's definitely one that would tip the scales for the Blacks for sure. But okay. I don't, 
I just, I will say that if, if this does happen in the books, I have not read far enough to read about this. So I don't know if this is, and I'm not going to ruin it for myself by looking it up. So I uh, can't tell you if that was an add-in or any theories about that, because I don't, I like, I feel like if, if, if any, I feel like whatever dra- dragon Damon would try to tame, he probably like, or claim he could. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that that's a success. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> wow, um, I don't know. So yeah. I would be surprised. Yeah. So that was, that was a cool scene that, yeah, that was cool. Damon singing in High Valyrian. Um, I know. It was really cute too. And funny to see him singing. I'm like, not this motherfucking bad boy. And he's got to sing a pretty little song. And it, you know, it's very reminiscent of like Cerberus, the three-headed dog. I, I feel like that's kind of a trope. I think we saw it in like Harry Potter, whatever yeah, three-headed Potter. Had to like sing to it or like play music. Music puts it to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've I've seen that in like in a lot of Cerberus things, and I'm wondering like what the origins are. I'm gonna have to look that up after this podcast and see what music has to do with fucking three-headed dogs no god yeah um yeah no i think it's a lot of animals there are a lot of animals that respond to music um so i mean i guess it kind of makes sense he's serenading him uh instead of just rushing in on there and you know the with vermithor like blowing fire it almost somebody on twitter said um that it almost seemed like happy fires you know, oh. like, like happy howls from a dog. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Just, <laughs> so happy to see you. Oh my God. Stop. Little. Okay. If dragons were real and they could like wag their little tail, that would be so <laughs> goddamn cute. And HBO, if you're listening and you could put a little dragon tail wag in there for the people, we would love it. I that know. just gave me a lot of joy. Oh, yeah, they can definitely do it with like Joffrey's little baby dragon. Give him a little tail wag, make him happy. Even Vagar, yeah, give him oh, a meal and see a little tail wag. Oh my god, Vagar would take out cities with a tail wag. Oh my god, truly. <laughs> first, oh. oh god, okay, let's get to favorite scenes. Um, well, before oh, that. Let's let's get to our in memoriam. We've oh gone through the first season of Hell Dragon, and we've gone through it together. Yes, with the people, mm-hmm. and we've cried, we've laughed, we've shat, we've done all the things. So now we want to thank some of these people for their duty and their yeah. service on the thrones you know i want to pour one out for these people so we're gonna do a classic in memoriam um starting in order of uh in order of death (laughs) in chronology in in chronological order of when they when they passed when they left us uh queen emma came one up for her yes rest for queen god rest yes uh, her and baby Balon both left us um, at the same time. And then uh, moving into Lady Rhea. Oh, no. <laughs> they took 
You know what? I'm so glad we're doing this and we're just bringing it back because you know what? Fuck Damon. He made her sound like she was a little hunchback in Notre Dame living inside of walls, could never be seen because she would just blind you with her fucking ugliness. And this beautiful lady comes trotting out on her cute ass horse. (laughs) I rest, rest in fucking power, Lady Rhea. God, you are so cute. Yes, yes. Then um, Joffrey Lawnmouth. Oh, fuck. What did they call him? The Knight of Kisses something? I I don't know, but he gave us the term cunt struck. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he did. Oh, Oh. gosh. Um, Okay, and then, of course, our lovely Lena. Oh. You know what? I really, really, truly the worst of the bunch. That that one was so fucking bad. Yeah. Yeah. I I wish I could say something funny right now, but I can't. And also I'm just mad because she was so first, every single actress that they had for her fucking gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And also like, we just didn't get enough screen time of her. So truly rest in peace. I know. Damn. And then her dying left Vagar out in the open. God damn it. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Harwin. Ugh, Harwin, I miss you every day. Yeah, Um, we we miss you every day. We think about you every day. Wait, okay, just on this note, do you think that Damon would be, like, down for a poly relationship with Rhaenyra and Harwin? He could fuck whoever he wanted, but, like, do you think he'd be okay with that? Because that would be amazing. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think he'd be open to it. Okay. Um, and then, of course, Lionel Strong, the only true, true man that ever. That he didn't serve any of it. No, he didn't. He did not. He better be in the fucking pearly gates to heaven. Hell yeah. He deserves it. You know, Harwin's in hell, like, I get it. But his dad? Fuck. Yep. Uh, Vaymond? Yeah, fuck that guy. Uh, you know what though i was here for vaymans yes he was he should have just kept his fucking mouth shut but you know he's the only one that was like fuck that i'm gonna speak the truth and i'm gonna say how i feel and i respected the authenticity yeah yeah definitely aries vibes for sure oh my god triple aries vibes fucking hell um oh my god okay the god the truly i hate that i'm i'm the one reading the list maddie is just i'm like king Viserys. Um, oh patty patty (laughs) all right we need to spend a little bit of time here because (laughs) i oh god as painful and as bad as i did not want him to die i also just as badly needed him to die (laughs) seriously (laughs) you know what and i want to say kudos to the crew for making that the perfect perfect appetizer for halloween because bitch i'm scared i'm scared you know i'm i think about that last like those last two episodes i think about that shit when i'm going to bed at night and i see his face when i close my eyes and oh i my get god scared oh he came the peaceful i love you you're so scary yes oh my gosh <laughs> i know um I also just want to say that I, I have now read to the point where he died in the books and they made his death so much more fucking gruesome in the show. Yeah. Or just like his, his trip to death gr- more gruesome, not necessarily his death, but 
Yeah, I mean, he just had like some like fucking respiratory problems in the book. Oh God! <laughs> they literally made him rot for ten years. Oh my God! I would have offed myself so long ago. I yes. would like, oh, I'm done. I, like, I don't want to be rotten anymore. Oh. I'd rather just be here. I know the poor thing's ashes are turning right now. Um, I know. Okay. I know. All right. One of the other most honorable Lord Lyman Beesbury. Uh, poor soul. What a, yeah. what a, what an honorable, brave man. Yeah. And he tried to speak up a couple times throughout the season. I think we didn't talk a lot about it. Um, and I think even when he died, we didn't, yes, we touched on him being kind of forward in that moment, but there was other episodes where he was like talked over and he was like, how, but he was kind of, he was always true to his word. So yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. I'm glad that he was a little bit older and like lived a pretty full life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I agree. Fuck um, yourself. I know. I am kind of just like, it, you know, when they write on his, like in the books, like, you know, Lord Lyman Beesbury served as the master of coin for blah, 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 under these three kings, death by marble. Like that sucks. Oh my god! No. <laughs> the funny thing is, in modern times, if I read that on a goddamn tombstone, I'd be like, "That is the wildest marble competition I've ever heard of." <laughs> like, what the fuck were they doing? I would um, actually, you know what? The way that I said it, I would think that like a sheet of countertop marble like fell on his head. But no, oh, just a yeah. small ball, a small glass ball fucking killed him. Ugh. Yeah, well, Impulse. for some reason, fucking Sir Kristen has just random Hulk strength. <laughs> God, I hate him right now. Yeah, I'm really sad that he's not on this list. Although, Fabian Franco, I love you. Yeah, uh, but you'll uh, be on this list soon enough, fucker. Um, okay, and then Alan Coswell, he is the one that uh, was trying to, he ultimately ended up kneeling for Aegon, but tried to flee the city and was, he has been one in court that's like, like through and through always loved Rhaenyra. Um, so they hung him when he was trying to flee. He was probably going to tell Rhaenyra about all of it. Did you completely miss that in the last episode? (laughs) Who was he? He's the bald one. Not the one that took off his cloak. No, 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 no. He's this one's like a just a nobleman. Yeah. So R.I.P. Remember, I just forgot his face. Um, and then reluctant to say Prince Lucerus Valarian, heir to oh. Driftmark. Poor thing. Ugh. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, happy we were able to get some and laughs also, in with the other ones, though. Also, rest in peace, Arix. Rx, the Rx, Rx. Say their gut. Sorry, it's just the one Rx. There's just the one Rx, <laughs> and then so I thought you were saying the Rx, but the Rx. <laughs> you know, this is what Game of Thrones series does. They just fuck up the names. They cross them. They make them really similar. So no, we're talking not about the Rx, not about the twins. We're talking about Rx, the dragon. <laughs> yes, R.I.P. RIP for sure. Pouring a whole bottle out for you guys. Yeah. Um, we wanted to do this before our um, 
favorite scenes because yeah we don't want to end on a negative note because we're already sad so (laughs) we're sure you guys are pretty sad too that you have to wait two more years for this shit for this shite yeah um i guess favorite scenes yeah what was my favorite scene you know what why don't you go first um you know this one was tough so we did the same thing in our rings of power podcast where we talked about our favorite scene for the whole season so I was like oh yeah let's do that for this one but I um uh kind of threw it in last minute so I didn't really think about it but I think um my favorite scene would be oh first I mean this is awful but um for sure uh the throne room scene where King Viserys uh comes in last minute to speak for or to sit for Rhaenyra's um the god what are they calling it basically when they're all trying to get driftmark the whole thing it's such a long scene but even just like his walk was beautiful I would say there's probably every scene in that episode is my favorite even the dinner scene was really really great it's just like it moved me yes inconsolable fucking sobbing for quite a long time I had to pause it because I couldn't hear anything over my own like mouth noises (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh um yeah that's definitely that's definitely mine I think that's a great one and I think it's so nice that that's like one of yours from the series because it's so reminiscent of Game of Thrones there was quite a few walks in that and I remember when they did this scene with Viserys that's I immediately was like you know, I got like the shame scene and I was just like, damn, bro, like this is iconic and I'm here for it. Like, I, I love the kind of like re reuse, but in a renewed way. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, that was the first episode I remember. I, w- I texted you immediately after and I was like, fuck yes, this is Game of Thrones. Like we, we've arrived, yes. you know, that was this whole episode. So what um, about from episodes? specifically do you have any like favorite scenes yeah definitely when um the 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 boys go off to um the eerie and to storm's end when they leave on their dragons and then i believe there's a third dragon i believe it's rainice on melee's leaving to go to the stepstones so there's mm-hmm. just like a sequence of them flying um all together and it was it was beautiful it like I loved everything with the dragons in this this season so far everything was like like just incredible yeah definitely money well spent on those dragons I I have to say I I am also impressed Uh, through every dragon scene has been fucking amazing Mm -hmm. um I think for me my I I think this episode was a little bit harder like Yes, we get the Amond and Luke scene, which was iconic. And I would say, like, not the the death part, but like the chase of that. What I I really liked that. And then, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but them hopping from the rain and then getting out of the rain into the clear clouds, like just the the visuals. It was just so great. It was just so fucking great. Um, and also like this is dumb, and it's cliche but just the last fucking scene just seeing Rhaenyra's face that millisecond of just seeing her face like her bone structure change like I am pissed and nothing is gonna change me like I am a different person now so I think like I don't know I think 
Emily Darcy acted it really well. Like I was super convinced by their portrayal of just that moment. And I think it's really hard to do that on your face. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that they just like really, I felt it felt encapsulated. And I think also just like from a cinema point of view, they, I did, they, they brought it up kind of close to her, right. The scene. Yeah. So you're getting all of the, their, their face, all of Rhaenyra's face, mm-hmm. all of Emily Darcy's face. Emma, Emma, sorry. Emma Darcy. <laughs> sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Emma Darcy. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm a little crossed right now because I'm, thinking of Rhaenyra but I'm talking about Emma so I'm just you know just trying to keep all my fucking pronouns straight here but I I just think that like I was sold yeah Emily Emma Emily before yes you said Emma Emily I I think god all these goddamn Game of Thrones names I think it's because Daenerys is Amelia Clark Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, she- I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, for sure. I think Game of Thrones is is known for, we'd said it in both in two scenes here, that they're like known for the iconic walks. And they're really like also known for these looks that you get. Uh, we got it a lot in Game of Thrones with like, with every single character basically like this but like specifically with Rhaenyra uh, or with uh, Daenerys and Cersei we got a lot of those like hell hath no fury looks um yeah what was your favorite scene from the entire series (laughs) it's gotta be when um definitely the scene well I mean (sighs) I love the fucking Damon. And- oh my God. I was about to say that. I was about to be like, wait, 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 wait. I have another but, one to add. But we'll, we'll come back to that one because I think that's a lot of people's favorite, but I think that my favorite was actually the, the wedding between Rhaenyra and Laner before Joffrey dies. Like the progression of all of that, the cinema of that, I really liked. It felt so personal it felt like I was there and also you know like this is so dumb but like I liked the dance that they did like it was weird and like the moves were kind of wacky it was like something I like we've seen like old timey like classical is but this one there was something choreographed a little bit differently about it I felt um I really liked the dancing yeah it felt kind of tribal almost um, like just their arm movements and such, but yeah, no, that's a really, really good one. Um, yeah, that was definitely my from the fucking series. Like I just loved, it felt like a, like hamburger style, like beginning, middle end, And it, and I think like the movement of it all, like it felt like water, like it felt like it was flowing. It, it didn't feel, uh, choppy. It didn't feel abrupt. Like it just felt right I, yeah. I I that was definitely my favorite scene from the series yeah that was a really really good one you're right but let's talk about fucking Damon and young Rhaenyra and Silk Street because yeah that was it was intense we talked about it before it was directed by a woman and you can tell mm-hmm. it's just kind of sensual yeah it was it was great the way that it was filmed was fantastic um I have rewatched that episode 
plenty of times. Um, and we all have, baby girl. We all have. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it was incredible. The, and then even just like that segueing right into now, uh, I hate it. Um, but, you know, segueing right into the Kristen scene, which I also really, really loved. But yeah, there was something very sultry and like, ooh, this is so bad. I should close my eyes, but I can't stop looking about the street of silk um, and that brothel that they're in for sure. Definitely a highlight. Um, yeah, I think we'll revisit these for social, you know, these scenes for sure. Yeah, uh, and- so fucking lootly. We yeah. want seeing is believing, baby. We need to lay eyes on this fucking hot pairing all the time not just when it airs on hbo like we need stills bitch always yeah it was actually really funny someone on instagram i think i can find them and and tag them in the description but um they redid they photoshopped harwin into all of this like stills of rainier and Kristen, and i was like oh my this, God. this yes. is amazing doing the lord's work yes we- we thank you. Oh my God. Um, seriously. We trust, okay. And hoes we trust because they're out there doing <laughs> the shit that we need them to do. By the way, if there's any hoes out there that have clipped the sex scene and just taken Viserys out of it from the previous, it's a few episodes ago. It's like episode four or five. Yeah. Yeah. It's when, it's when Rhaenyra and Damon are on the street of silk and then Viserys is fucking Allison. Inter- well, like it starts with Viserys in the tub and I'm like, are you serious? I just got going and you're going to show me this decaying Literally. man in bathtub. That's not even big enough for him being scrubbed down by a nurse i'm just like this is disgusting and not what i want to see when like my loins are moist you know exactly exactly so if anyone's clipped that together and there's <laughs> this nasty ass out of it tag us immediately tag us mm-hmm. yesterday what the fuck are you doing yeah no we seriously please we will give you all the credit we will share it everywhere it'll be in our fucking email signatures it'll be linked on our bios it'll be everywhere it's gonna be um, in my private folder on my phone are you kidding <laughs> get out of here oh um, my gosh i really hate to end this and guess what i'm gonna tell you guys something right now this is the pod that never ends i'm just kidding but i'm really sad because we have to wait such a long time i mean we'll be back with other stuff stay tuned to hb hose we'll be um, talking about some other things that are coming out on HBO soon. Definitely White Lotus, which starts uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Yep, Check White Lotus. Yeah, White Lotus will pretty much immediately fill in on the schedule um, because we're going back to back from the season's end to that season's beginning. And then we know that in early 2023 and in the spring, we have Euphoria coming out. We have Succession coming out. We, you know, So there's a lot in the pot. Um, and then in the interim, we're getting creative. So stay tuned for, you know, an announcement for what we're doing, um, you know, in between Way Lotus and the next big show. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us and bearing with us through this whole entire season. We really, really appreciate you. Um, and like we said before, we were just having fun. You know, we were going to talk about this stuff anyways. And we figured, you know, why not include everyone else in the conversation? Because we're sure that you guys are just dying to, you know, splurge about it to your friends. And that's kind of how we feel. We just want to widen that pool. 
and talk yeah. with people because this shit is great and we love it and we just want to blab our fucking faces off about it yes so um, we love you where can they find us you can find us on instagram at hb underscore hose oh no nope sorry instagram hb dot hose <laughs> twitter hb underscore hose uh or email us at hose at hbhose.com we are actively working to consolidate all of those to one uh username but yeah. we're trying and we'll get there eventually but until then we appreciate you doing the underscores and the dots yeah seeking us out yep um, but we're very active on all platforms. So talk to us, tweet at us, tag us in an Instagram post, you know, DM us anything. And yeah, you know, we'll respond. Just because that fucking blade for Halloween and tag us. Oh my you fucking know. God. If you know, you know. Yes. Yep. yep. All, right, all right. Bye guys. Bye.